From the State Capitol, WFSU Public Media brings you Capitol Report. And instead of inclusion, the people that dissent from this orthodoxy are actually excluded and marginalized. The school, public school systems are going to be less funded and less funded and less funded uh, to the point of possible collapse. People that are unemployed typically have a very, very quick turnaround for finding jobs. Day one of the second week of the 2023 Florida lawmaking session is now in the books. The day got off to a somewhat late start as many lawmakers went home for the weekend, but the push is still on to tee up the big priorities for House and Senate leaders, mostly driven by what Governor Ron DeSantis has in mind. From the fourth floor of the Capitol Rotunda, you're listening to WFSU Public Media's Capitol Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan. Funding for Capital Report is provided by the following. HR Florida State Council, affiliate of the Society of Human Resource Management, advocating for the workplace on behalf of 16,000 human resource professionals and 6,300 Florida employers. HR Florida State Council. More at hrflorida.org. And from a grant from the law firm of Searcy, Denny, Scarola, Barnhart, and Shipley, supporting public radio and taking time to care on the web at searcylaw.com. This is Capital Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan, and today at the Capitol, Governor DeSantis sets his sights on stripping diversity, equity, and inclusion programs from the state's colleges and universities. We hear the thoughts of some public school teachers about proposed changes to what can and can't be taught. And we'll get the latest Florida jobs numbers. Governor Ron DeSantis and his conservative allies in education took aim at diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives at Florida's colleges and universities during a virtual roundtable today. As Valerie Crowder reports, the panel discussion comes as state lawmakers take up legislation to eliminate DEI in higher education. The roundtable discussion was titled Education, Not Indoctrination, Governor Ron DeSantis says he believes college and university administrations are using DEI initiatives to push a leftist ideological agenda. I think it's been uh, used uh, in the administrative apparatus of universities to try to impose not diversity of thought, but to try to impose uniformity of thought. And instead of inclusion, the people that dissent from this orthodoxy are actually excluded and marginalized. In January, DeSantis announced legislation that would eliminate diversity, equity, and inclusion programs and initiatives from the state's colleges and universities. Lawmakers are taking up the bills this week. State University System Chancellor Ray Rodriguez says university leaders are already reviewing DEI programs and eliminating funding for them. And so what we're seeing, I think, is a concentrated effort from our administrators to take a close examination of what is occurring on their campuses and to work to eradicate that which does not align with our mission, which is pursuit of academic excellence. Also in January, DeSantis's administration required all public colleges and universities to report their DEI expenditures. DeSantis says they self-reported at least $34 million. We think probably it's, it's significantly higher than that as they get into other programs where this is embedded. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're looking at that type of money and wondering, okay, what could be done 
to use that money in a better way. House Minority Leader Democratic Representative Fentress Driscoll says the legislation is an attack on all diversity in the state. It's really trying to say that diversity, equity, and inclusion as a value is something that we should not uh, want in Florida. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's our diversity, I believe, that makes us great. I think it makes us unique as a state. The legislation to remove DEI from higher education in Florida would also ban majors and minors related to critical race theory, gender studies, and intersectionality. It would also restrict core general education courses and give boards of trustees the power to hire faculty and review tenure at any time with cause. Faculty and student organizations have voiced opposition to the proposed legislation. I'm Valerie Crowder. Public school teachers in Florida have a lot on their minds these days. That list includes a slew of new laws restricting what can and cannot be taught, not to mention large class sizes, staff shortages, threats to unions, and more standardized testing than ever. WUSF's Carrie Sheridan tells us about a pair of high school English teachers tackling these issues in a new weekly podcast. Welcome back to PCTA's FIRE podcast, as always. The acronyms in the podcast's name stand for the Pinellas County Teachers Union, and FIRE is for Florida's Young Remarkable Educators. The hosts are two millennials, both in their 30s, both English teachers at St. Petersburg High School. I'm constantly thinking about what's going on in Tallahassee. Brennan Pickett is a native Floridian who's been teaching for six years. He says the idea for the podcast came because of all the legislative changes pouring out of the state capitol. Me personally, I feel like this is kind of like a last stand. His co-host is Philip Belcastro, who grew up in Long Island, New York, and is in his third year of teaching in Florida. As far as what are educators most concerned about, it really is just everything. I mean, we haven't gotten a W. We haven't gotten a win in, in really anything. Their first show in January began with asking fellow teachers what it was like to go to a school board meeting a day after the district banned a Toni Morrison novel from county high schools. So when I first got there, my fight or flight instinct was immediately triggered <laughs> as I entered the parking lot and saw two people holding a thank you to Santa's flag and another person holding a sign that had lots of things on it, but essentially said, stop grooming our kids. That's one of the guests, Anna Margiata, a first year AP chemistry teacher at St. Pete High. Next, the two hosts and English teacher Kelsey Donegan chime in. <laughs> I always find it quite eye-opening, too, just how much some people just despise teachers. It, yeah. Like, the yeah. grooming stuff. You see that, and you're like, wait, I heard about this, but wow. That was, like, kind of my whole thing when I spoke. I was like, wait a minute, what? So I texted one of my friends about the grooming sign, and uh, she said, our, our, our local barbers don't deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> they laugh because they have to. Every week on the podcast, they tackle tough issues like a bill called HB1 moving through the state legislature that aims to vastly expand private school vouchers. Here's Lee Bryant, a recent guest on the podcast who's been teaching social studies for 28 years. Uh, I personally think that uh, with the voucher program that is uh, looks like it's probably going to get passed, oh, yeah. the school public school systems are going to be less funded and less funded and less funded uh, to the point of possible collapse. Another topic, standardized testing. It's destroyed our schools, and I would say that it has destroyed our schools because it takes up so much time. 
That's English teacher Shannon Vincent, another recent guest on the podcast. In 2012, my Center for Gifted Studies English One Honors students were able to read eight books in a year. I'm sorry, nine. By 2017, we were down to two. For Bel Castro, he hopes that talking about these issues, letting people know the teacher's perspective, will encourage more people to speak up in support of public schools and vote accordingly. I rent. I don't have a family or you know a significant other or anything like that. So for me, it's kind of like, a, oh, I don't really have anything to lose. I, you know, I might as well stand up, right? You know, it's another phrase that we kind of hear just among our group of people is um, die on your feet and live on your knees, you know, just go out swinging. Both Bel Castro and Pickett say they are considering leaving Florida to teach elsewhere, but they haven't yet. They've got some fight left in them and a podcast to record. I'm Carrie Sheridan in St. Petersburg. With service-related jobs topping employment gains, Florida's jobless rate dipped slightly as 2023 got underway. The Florida Department of Economic Opportunity today released a report showing the January jobless rate at 2.6 percent. That was down from a revised rate of 2.7 percent in December and way down from 3.5 percent back in January of last year. An estimated 286,000 Floridians qualified as out of work in January. That was out of a total workforce of just under 11 million. The workforce grew by 259,000 over the past year. Jimmy Heckman, the department's chief of workforce statistics and economic research, says Florida's market for finding jobs remains, in his words, very strong, though the overall number of positions advertised has gone down. People that are unemployed typically have a very, very quick turnaround for finding jobs. The state currently has about 620,000 job openings. The U.S. Department of Labor reported last week the national unemployment rate ticked up from 3.4 percent in January to an estimated 3.6 percent in February. Here's a look at the agenda tomorrow at the Capitol. People who release venomous reptiles or let them escape could face tougher penalties like jail and a fine. The bill's focus is on non-native invasive species that can harm the environment, the economy, and even human health. Case in point, the Burmese python, an invasive reptile native to Southeast Asia that now envelops the southern third of Florida, according to a report by the U.S. Geological Survey. Car dealerships and others have long complained about the theft of vehicle catalytic converters. Now a Senate proposal would take steps to curb those crimes. Also in the Senate, a proposal would prevent students from accessing social media platforms at school. And a sales tax exemption will be considered for diapers and incontinence undergarments. Committees in both chambers will consider a proposed constitutional amendment to make Florida's school board elections partisan. If lawmakers approve it, voters will have the final say because it would change the state constitution. The Baker Act gets a discussion in the House. This law sets legal procedures for mental health examinations and treatment. A bill would require the Department of Children and Families to update a handbook about the Baker Act every year. 
And finally, instruction about sexual orientation and gender identity may be barred through eighth grade, expanding a law passed last year that prohibits such instruction through third grade. The bill would also prevent school employees from asking students about their preferred pronouns. And employees would have to refrain from telling students their preferred pronouns if they don't correspond to the employee's sex. That's some of what's happening tomorrow at the Florida Capitol. I'm Gina Jordan. Our regular Capitol Report correspondents are Adrian Andrews, Brendan Brown, Valerie Crowder, Gina Jordan, Lynn Hatter, Regan McCarthy, and Margie Menzel. Thanks also to Carrie Sheridan. Shows are available Monday through Thursday by 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, wherever you get your podcasts. On many of these Florida public radio stations, you can tune in each Friday to catch the latest on all things happening at the Capitol, and that show is also available in podcast form. Technical assistance comes from Taylor Cox, and I'm Tom Flanagan. This is Capitol Report, the podcast from WFSU Public Media. Funding for Capital Report is provided by the following. A grant from the law firm of Searcy, Denny, Scarola, Barnhart, and Shipley. Supporting public radio and taking time to care. On the web at searcylaw.com. And from HR Florida State Council, affiliate of the Society of Human Resource Management, advocating for the workplace on behalf of 16,000 human resource professionals and 6,300 Florida employers. HR Florida State Council. More at hrflorida.org. Capital Report is a production of WFSU Public Media in Tallahassee.